If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. The following content is brought to you by Orange Thunder, John Eisenmenger, Bowser, Travis McGuire, and Abigail 13. Unless you're a patron or a member of the Nerd Nest YouTube channel, then you're probably hearing this on Tuesday, March 30th, or slightly after that. And if that's the case, then a bunch of things are either gone or they'll be gone tomorrow. What is going to be gone? Well, we've talked about this before, but I'm just going to recap. Uh, Super Mario Maker for the Wii U will be shut down. Uh, Super Mario 35, which is the Mario, the, the basically the original Super Mario Brothers, but a Battle Royale version, is going to be shut down. And you'll no longer be able to purchase a um, uh, the, the Game & Watch Mario Celebration thing or uh, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars. You won't be able to buy any of that stuff. Now, some of this, I've talked about this before. Some of this makes a lot of sense. Some of it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Shutting down Super Mario Maker makes total sense. Just just to make sure everybody's aware, that's Super Mario Maker for the Wii U, not for the Switch. Uh, but shutting that down, it makes total sense. That's a no-brainer. Uh, the Wii U only sold 14.7 million units in its lifetime. The Switch is somewhere hovering around 80 at this point, I believe. Uh, in, in only four years, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, so not a lot of people had purchased a Wii U. And, you know, that game, Super Mario Maker, while fantastic, and while did pretty well considering the small install base of the Wii U, you know, it doesn't have a huge user base for that game. So it doesn't make sense for Nintendo to keep those uh, that stuff online, especially since most people probably have ended up picking up a Switch and moved on to Super Mario Maker 2. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that getting shut down. It makes a lot of sense. No longer selling a physical version of uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars makes total sense. You don't want to have to keep manufacturing this, especially uh, and anybody, not anybody, but most people who were going to pick it up probably already did. I did. Uh, but the thing about Super Mario 3D All-Stars is they're also discontinuing the digital version, which doesn't make any sense to me. And then we have Super Mario 35. Now, this makes no sense at all. There's absolutely zero reason for Nintendo to shut this down. Even, like, if you are a Nintendo Switch online subscriber, then you got this game as part of your subscription... And it's a really fun game. And for some reason, Nintendo decided, you know what? You'll only be able to play it until March 31st, 2021. I don't understand the reasoning, but that's happening. Now, speaking of all of this shutdown stuff, 
one thing that's already happened is that Nintendo shut down the website where you could go and bookmark um, Super Mario Maker courses. They shut it down already, like four days early. If you go there now, you get a 503 error. This is according to NintendoLife.com. I... I mean, okay, that's fine. I don't care that they're shutting this down, but you give a date and then you shut it down early. That's really weird. Uh, So if you are getting ready, look, if you're listening to this on the 30th, then today's your last day to get Super Mario 3D All-Stars. You're not going to have a chance after this. Today is your last day to try Super Mario 35. And I'm sure that there are still um game and watch systems out there for you to pick up but they're no longer going to be shipping those to stores so when they're all gone they're all gone i thought about getting one and at the end of the day i decided you know what i'm never going to play it it's just going to sit on the shelf behind me which is fine for things that i have nostalgia for like you, you know like i've got a turbo graphic 16 back there i've got a nintendo 64 back there i have my Donkey Kong 2 Game & Watch right there above my thumb if you're watching this on my YouTube channel. And you should, nerdnest.tv. You know, I've got a bunch of nostalgic stuff back there. So going out and buying something that's new to put it back there, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So that's why I ended up not picking it up. And when I can no longer pick it up, I will probably, I will probably be sad about that. Because I'll be like, man, I should have picked that up while I could. But I know I'm not going to play it. As cool as it is, I'll probably I would probably play it like four times, and then it would sit on a shelf collecting dust, and that's fine. But I think that there's something else that I could throw that money at, uh, like something that I just bought. I just bought it a few minutes ago, and let's move on to the next story. Um, I just bought Monster Hunter Rise, like just a few minutes ago. It is currently downloading on my Nintendo Switch which is why I haven't played it yet and why I can't talk about it yet. I'll probably post a first look at the game uh, later on this week, and I will probably also do a, um, like next week's episode will probably be more of a deep dive on my thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise now that the game is actually out. Man, this thing is getting really good reviews all over the place. People are saying how fantastic the game is. And I have a ton of games to play. Uh, Square Enix sent me a copy of Dragon Quest XI-S on Stadia. And I, I I didn't play it on my Switch because I had already played it on my PS4. And then the S version, I almost bought it for the Switch. But then I decided, you know what, I'm not going to. But then when Square Enix gave it to me, I was like, all right, I'm definitely going to check it out. And I'm totally sucked back into that game. So if you have not yet picked up Dragon Quest XI S on the Nintendo Switch, then you absolutely should. It's a fantastic game, and I'm having so much fun with it. But I I have that game. I just got, um, oh gosh, K's and the Wild Masks, which I believe is also coming to Nintendo Switch. I've been playing it on Stadia, uh, and... That game is really good, but man, it is going to make me want to smash my controller. It is really hard. Not in a bad way, but in a way where I've died quite a few times, and I'm pretty early on, and I feel like this is a super uh, traditional 
uh, platformer, a super traditional platformer. I mean, it even has like the, the, the letters K's that you can spell out just like, um, you used to spell out Kong in the Donkey Kong country games. And this definitely reminds me of playing an old, uh, Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong country game. Uh, it, it's it's really a good game. It is out on the Nintendo Switch. It's thirty bucks right now. Uh, I've played probably two hours of it so far, and I really do like it. Um, but I haven't played it on the Nintendo Switch. However, it's it's like a super pixelated kind of game. I, I imagine that it's going to play exactly the same on all platforms. So it doesn't matter where you get it. It's a good game. It's a really fun platformer. But man, it is hard now. They do have a a lower difficulty level that you can try, which gives you more checkpoints and uh, gives you more hearts, which I think is awesome. I haven't yet lowered the difficulty in order to make my life just a little bit easier. I probably will if I want to continue playing this game. Not because I don't think that I can do it, but I could feel myself getting frustrated when I was playing it yesterday, I sat down, I was playing it. My wife was sitting next to me and she was like, why are there rabbits in this? And I was like, I don't know. Why is Sonic a hedgehog? Who knows why, uh, he's, uh, Kaze is a rabbit, but I'm playing as this rabbit and spinning my head around, twirling my ears so that I can kind of glide as I land on stuff and I'm getting killed a whole bunch. And I was, I felt the, the rage starting and I was like, okay, I'm going to turn the game off. I'm going to do something else. And I don't think that it's because the game is unfair. I think it's just because I need to, as the kids say, get good. And um, I'm going to try and get good before I lower the difficulty. I don't even know how I got talking about this game. But, um, oh, I know. I was talking about why I was not sure if I was going to pick up Monster Hunter or not. Uh, So I've got K's. I've got Dragon Quest Eleven S. I'm having a blast with both of those. But then I just kept thinking about Monster Hunter. People were talking about it on our community Discord. Link in the description down below. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to pick this up. So that game is downloading right now as as I wait and I or as I record this. And I will be playing it soon. And I'll have more to talk about with uh, Dragon... Uh, not Dragon Quest. Monster Hunter Rise tomorrow. Boy, I think that I called it Dragon Quest a couple times when I meant to say Monster Hunter Rise. If I did, you knew you know what I meant. All right, moving on. Another game that is out this week is, and I, I'm not sure how to say this, I believe it's Balan uh, or Balan, I'm not sure. Uh, Balan Wonderworld. That game is 60 bucks. It's out now. Uh, and there is a demo that you can download on the eShop. So by the way, if you don't know, Go to the Nintendo's website, sign in with your, um, you know, with, with your Nintendo ID, and you can just buy games straight from the Nintendo's website, and it starts, it'll start downloading on your Switch. You can download the demos, which I'm going to do that right now. Uh, the demo's on on its way, so it's going to download the demo later on. And uh, basically, Belan is is out, and I know that there's a lot of people that are excited for it. I'm not super excited for it. Every time I saw a video of this game, I was like, okay, it looks kind of cool, but it really doesn't appeal to me, but I don't mind trying it out. 
and I do like Square Enix as a developer. I think that they make some really, really good games. So um, I will definitely give the demo a shot, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Uh, but those are the new games that are out right now on Nintendo Switch, and uh, I think that I think that uh, I'm looking very much looking forward to Monster Hunter. Kaze is really good, and I know it's not new, but Dragon Quest XI-S is fantastic, and I've been playing it a bunch. All right, let's move on to another story. This one is really weird. Um, I guess people were surprised that when you look at the bottom of a uh, a Banjo-Kazooie Amiibo, it has Microsoft's name there. And I was like, well, okay, well, that makes perfect sense. Microsoft owns Rare, and Rare makes Banjo-Kazooie, so the fact that Microsoft's name is on the bottom of a an amiibo with a Microsoft-owned character, it makes perfect sense. It doesn't surprise me at all, but it got me thinking. I wonder, I'm going to check and see if the other amiibo that I have, um, if they have the, the owner of the actual intellectual property on the bottom of their uh, amiibo base, and they absolutely do. So, you know, here I've got Ryu from Street Fighter, and if you look at the bottom right there, if it comes into focus, my camera is struggling to get to focus, and it can't. It's not focusing. Well, you'll just have to believe me. It says Capcom on the bottom. And then I've got this. Um, this was sent to me by a good buddy of mine, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Uh, he sent me this gold, whoops, I almost dropped it, this gold Shovel Knight Amiibo. And on the bottom of that, uh, not quite as, not in nice and white, like uh, the Capcom one is is in white. This one's really hard to, to see. Uh, I had to grab my phone and turn on the flashlight in order to see it. But sure enough, it says Yacht Club Games on the bottom. So, of course, it's going to have Microsoft's name on the bottom of a Banjo-Kazooie Amiibo. I assume that we will also see um, Microsoft's name on the Steve Amiibo. It just makes perfect sense. So I'm not quite sure why people were confused about it, but there you have it. It's there. Are you still buying Amiibo? That's that's my big question. Like I, I went through a time where I was picking up Amiibo for any characters that I had, as I said earlier, nostalgia for. I have a ton of nostalgia for uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. I played a ton of Street Fighter when I was a kid. Uh, well, yeah, a kid. When I was in high school, Street Fighter was around. So uh, I played a ton of Street Fighter when I was a kid, although I was really more of a Mortal Kombat guy. I found the inputs for Mortal Kombat to be easier. But I also bought other Amiibo for games that I really liked. Uh, you know, I got a bunch of Mario Amiibo behind me, that kind of thing. And I don't know, at some point, my brain just said, you know what? I'm done buying Amiibo. Like there's, I, I don't, I don't need any more crap behind me on the shelf. And uh, as it is, I think I have too many, so I'm not going to buy any more Amiibo. But you know, Nintendo keeps making an, a, a new Amiibo for every new character that they add to Smash Brothers. So if you're one of those people that decided, I don't know, uh, 80 characters ago that you were going to collect all of them. Maybe you're regretting that at this point because there's so many, uh, or maybe not. Maybe you've you've built an entire new house to house all of your Amiibo uh, for your collection. But are you still buying 
amiibo these days. It's clear to me that Nintendo is only doing it for Smash at this point. And I don't blame them because it seemed like the the toys to life genre seems to kind of died off. The only ones that are still doing it are Nintendo and it's just for Smash Brothers. And uh, it's kind of weird to think that people are continuing to do it. All right, let's talk about our final story for today. And that is the new Switch. I promise I didn't bury the lead on purpose. It's just the way my brain kind of meandered around the various uh, topics that I wanted to, to discuss on today's show. Um, the the big story today is uh, Takashi Mochizuki, who formerly worked at Wall Street Journal. And now I guess he works at Bloomberg. And if you've listened to this show for any length of time, then you've heard me talk about this guy's reporting in the past. He has predicted things like the Switch Mini, uh, Switch Lite, I mean. Uh, he also predicted things that didn't come true. So, you know, there's there's that as well. He also did predict the updated Nintendo Switch that we got in the past. So he is now reporting the same thing that others are reporting. And, that, you know, like this guy works for real publications. So it's not just like, it's not like me, some dude in his attic, talking into a microphone like this guy talks to like part suppliers and finds out about stuff like that. He's a real reporter. Right. Uh, and he said something very interesting that kind of goes along with everything that we've seen so far about the, the switch pro or the switch Two or whatever the hell that Nintendo is going to call it. The switch, the new Nintendo switch, the switch XL, who, who knows? Uh, but here he here here's what he had to say uh, about four days ago. He said the new Switch will be released later this year. So that's a 2021 thing. Um, it's going to have a 7-inch, 720p OLED screen. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's confirmation from what we already have. Uh, it's going to have DLSS equipped. Now, whenever you hear about DLSS, people might be wondering, what is DLSS? Well, DLSS basically allows Nintendo, or allows Nintendo, allows a piece of hardware to upscale the resolution. It's called digital, no, deep, deep learning super sampling, I believe is what it stands for. Basically, it, it finds a way to upscale in order to make things that are lower res look better. That's just the basics of what DLSS is. That's a big deal. That means that a portable system like the Switch, when it's docked, it could up that resolution to really make things look nice and clean on your 4K screen. Now, most of the time when you're playing a Nintendo Switch game, it doesn't matter too well, specifically Nintendo games. It doesn't matter too much because they have a tendency to go with art styles that look really good at low resolution. It's a trick that Nintendo learned a long time ago, and they've really been sticking with it. But a lot of times, third parties bring their game to the Nintendo Switch, and when you're playing them, because they're, you're playing them on a tablet, it is a lower resolution. You know, you it's funny... My son, uh, finally, we, we told him we were getting him a PS5 for Christmas. And he didn't get it on Christmas because we couldn't get one. And he finally unwrapped his PS5 yesterday. 
and uh, we hooked it up to the big TV downstairs. This thing is an absolute mammoth, right? And then you look at the Nintendo Switch, and the Nintendo Switch is this little tiny tablet. Now, nobody's saying that DLSS is going to suddenly allow the Nintendo Switch to output things like the PS5 graphics, right? Nobody's saying that. But it's going to allow the Nintendo Switch games, the games that get ported to the Nintendo Switch, to look a lot better than they would otherwise. And that's a that's a big that's a big deal. It's also supposed to have better CPU and more memory. And then it says with lots of games. I'm not sure what he means by with lots of games. There's already lots of games on the Nintendo Switch. There's thousands of games on the Nintendo Switch. Any week that you uh, look at the releases for the Nintendo Switch, there's at least between 20 and 50 new games on the Nintendo Switch. So much so that you've got the needle in the haystack issue with the eShop. So I'm not sure what he means by lots of games. I'm not sure. Uh, And then he says analysts tip as much as a $400 price tag. Ouch. $400 price tag. Would you pay $400 for a Nintendo Switch upgrade? That's a big question. That's the question. I remember when the Nintendo Switch was announced in October of uh, 2016. Um, And then we, you know, the speculation began uh, and people were like, what are they going to, like, how much is this thing going to cost? And a lot of people said $250 was the highest that it could possibly go. And then in January of 2017, Nintendo did their real unveil where they they unveiled arms and they showed off um oh god what's that game where the where you milk the cow um not 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 um oh my gosh I can't remember it uh one two switch I just remembered so you know they showed off one two switch and they showed off the price of the Nintendo Switch they said well here's the power that it's going to have and here's how much it's going to cost and it was $300, and most of the gaming press, well, I don't want to say most, many of the gaming press and most of the people who were online were complaining about that price point. They said it was way too high, and Nintendo was shooting themselves in the foot, and showing off games like ARMS and 1-2-Switch was a mistake because it's all waggly kind of stuff. Turns out those people were wrong. $300 was fine. Um, I mean, of course, I would prefer cheaper, wouldn't you? But $400 for a Nintendo Switch? That's a very interesting proposition. I don't know that, like, that's only $100 less than a PS5. Only $100 less than an Xbox Series X. I don't think that people are going to be willing to spend that much. Now, yeah, it's a portable console and that's awesome. And sure, you can plug it into a TV, also awesome. But $400? I don't know. That seems a little high. So I'm curious, and it looks like uh, Takashi was curious as well because he he did a, a, a question asking, how much would you pay for the new Switch, which has not yet been uh, fully announced, and, you know, he's got 18,000 votes on this. Uh, 30% said $300. 32% said 
32.1% said $400. So it's a very, very evenly split uh, set of numbers. The The one that has the highest, well, actually, the, the 400 and 350 are tied for the highest, but I can see 350. But what I think would be better is if you take the current switch and you drop that down to 250 and you drop the new switch at, I'll say, three. 325 splitting the difference can nintendo do that and still make a profit that's a big question because nintendo does not sell at a loss they've only sold systems at a loss once that was with the wii u it's a good thing that they only sold 14.7 million of those uh consoles because they lost money every time they sold one when we went back to the switch nintendo said no we're done with that we're going to make money when we sell a console. It's not going to be much, but we're going to make money when we sell a console. And it turned out pretty well for them uh, because the Switch has sold like 80 million units. So I'm not sure if $400 is something that I'd be willing to pay for a Nintendo Switch. And I am a huge fan of Nintendo. I mean, look, I got a Nintendo podcast. So... You would think if anybody would be willing to throw $400 at an, at, an, at an upgraded Nintendo Switch, it'd be me. But $400 seems a little too high. So I'm very curious what you are willing to pay for the upgraded Nintendo Switch. Let me know in the comments section below. Or if you're listening to this podcast, don't forget that I am at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. All right, that's it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to get these episodes early, uh, make sure that you head on over to patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. I post all of the shows uh, early uh, over there for patrons at the early access tier or above. And uh, thank you very much for hanging out. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, check out the buttons down below because they really do help. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.